Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we do one for ourselves. It is the third annual 52 in review where Phil and I go over the last 52 weeks of this podcast and give awards to the movies we've done, mostly for ourselves. You can listen if you want, but this is mostly for us to tell you how much we liked the movies we liked and some we didn't and to give out awards. It's the episode I like the most of the year. How about you, Phil? I'm Kenny Nybar. I'm Phil Liskov. Uh, I love it. Uh, I love this episode because, um, you know, what I, I guess what I like about it ultimately is that we get to piecemeal all of these movies over the course of the years that we've been doing it. Rather than making this like one fucking list, we get yeah. to do it, you know, four or five times. It's great. You know, it's funny. It's funny doing it this year of all years because in, uh, in 2020, it's mm-hmm. very clear you're going to have maybe, you know, a th- maybe a third, maybe a quarter, maybe less of the uh, normal eligible films. Um, and I read, I think David Sims might have said, you only need 10 good movies to have an Oscars. Well, we only have about seven, but uh, I, will read the, I, I will read the 34 movies we've done in the last 52 weeks. That's my fault. My fault that we haven't done more. We've also done a lot of music. We've done TV. Um, but it's quite a list, 34 films for 19 19- 99. The films it's are a real murderers, murderers row. Of murderers movies. row. The yep. films are Bowfinger, Broke Down Palace, Instinct, An Ideal Husband, Virus, Three to Tango, Out of Towners, The Big Kahuna, Trippin', In Dreams, Love Stinks, The Bachelor, Trekkies, 
The Insider, Summer of Sam, Muppets from Space, Election, But I'm a Cheerleader, Flawless, The Limey, The Messenger, Audition, Lake Placid, Entrapment, Pokemon 2, Pokemon the first movie, uh, Stigmata, Cradle Rock, Mod Squad, Black and White, Mystery Alaska, My Favorite Martian, Guinevere, The Astronaut's Wife, and Office Space. All right. So uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to kick it right off with some of our fun, fun awards, some of the fun awards we give. The awards that aren't, aren't, aren't on the Oscars. The awards that are, are too hip, too cool, too now for the Oscars. Phil, are you ready? I'm ready. What are we starting all right. with? We're going to start all the way down with the Sold in the Room Award. The Sold in the Room Award goes to the movie that you would have bought Hearing the log line in the room. So which okay. movie, Phil, of the 34 that we've done, would mm-hmm. you have bought when you heard it pitched in the room? Do you guys know what that means? Should I explain what sold in the room yeah, means? Yeah, explain that while I, while I chew on this for a second. It means what you think it means in that when you are pitching a show or a movie to an executive who has buying power, so basically a high-level executive, they have the ability to, to sit there right in front of you and say, we have bought this from you right now. That happens occasionally. Never happened to me, but it's happened occasionally to people where you actually sell stuff in the room. It's, uh, it's, it's kind happened of to me expensive. twice. It's happened to Phil twice. <laughs> well, Sleepy did it. What was the other one? Uh, Moreau sold in the room. So cool. How does that feel like? What does that feel like? Uh, it feels pretty great. <laughs> I mean, oh. it's, it's definitely it's, it's a nice feeling. What a dream. Um, it's yeah. Right, so, what uh, movie would you have? Would you, you have know, given the Philesco treatment to? Here's the thing. Um, I'm going to be a little bit. I don't want to say craven, but I'm certainly going to be the most sort of like studio exec about this in terms of like the sure. movie that I think would be undeniably would make the most money, and thus I would buy it in the room. And that's Muppets in Space. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey man. Okay. Um, <laughs> what would the, you? Do? The correct answer is Lake Placid. David E. Kelly comes in and says, "We're doing a giant alligator movie." I'm in. No, I'm, I'm there. I, listen, I, I I'm not saying I wouldn't have bought that in the room, and it certainly occurred to me that it would. But there's a little bit of an X factor there, right? Which is David E. Kelly's never fucking done that before. It's you true. don't know that David E. Kelly can ex- execute on that. You know Muppets I, are going to work, right? Of course it doesn't. Well, no, you, but, you don't. Yeah. But I think I would have bought it no matter who pitched it. Um, right, fair enough. I think that, fair enough. So, all right, sold in the room. And now you have the hard pass award. A hard mm-hmm. pass in Hollywood mm-hmm. is not is the opposite of the soft pass where they say, you know, we hear this a lot. Everyone gets a soft pass. Oh, we have something very similar or <laughs> that's not really our mandate this year or we love you. We just didn't love it. Hard passes. No, never under any circumstances. Not for us. Don't yeah. come back. Um, what would have been your hard pass? That's that's a tough one. I mean, I think my hard pass is love stinks. I think if hard that comes pass. in my in, into my office and and. Because, like, that's one of those things where it's like, you don't even have, I'm assuming there are no attachments. I'm assuming that it's just like, what, I mean, that, that script sucks, that idea sucks, I just say no. Love Stinks is a good answer. I went a little, um, a, li- a little more prominent than that. I would have given Flawless a hard pass. 
I really no, that truly was hate the it. other one I was thinking. About. I really truly hate the premise of Flawless, and yeah. uh, I don't yeah. think I don't I don't necessarily think there's a good movie there under any circumstances. I, I I will say this: I think that the the level of difficulty on that dive is way too high. Like I think there's maybe two people that could execute that movie effectively. It's possible, but the 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 central dynamic baked into yeah. the script right there between homophobe Robert De Niro and uh, I mean, I want to say trans woman uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, but they didn't really understand that. No. They didn't understand what they were doing, finding themselves over singing lessons and finding each other. But it's, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a win for me. Um, I'm gonna, I just want to go back one real second and just say that the other movie that I almost thought about saying that I would buy it in the room mm-hmm. just because like on paper out of towners should have worked. Oh, I was, I had another one, but I'm not going to say it because, okay. um, just a great movie. Okay. But what's the point out of towners, out of towners, like on paper, on I mean, paper, someone's like Goldie like Hawn, Steve Martin. You're like you just <laughs> no, 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 no. I, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna right. pick a movie that I'm not gonna pick a movie that was an, that it was already successful because then, like, obviously, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, like that doesn't make much sense to this premise to me. Very, but, em- I mean. but very emblematic of Hollywood. You're playing it safe. Um, okay, let's do this. Is a dicey one for me. Let's do one performer you wish we wish you wish we got more of. Last year, of course, we gave this award to Courtney Love. Courtney Love wasn't in any of the movies this year, so I can give it to her again. Or this this 52. So who do you give yours to, Phil? I mean, I don't think you're going to be surprised by my answer. I went with Sarah Pauly. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. I don't know why I didn't even consider that. I, I guess because, like, she features so prominently in the rest of this for me. But um, – I went, I, I went a little white nighty, and uh, I'm a little embarrassed by my white nightiness on this, but it's true. It's really how I feel. I really wish we got more Mira Sorvino. Uh, sure. I love Mira Sorvino. I feel it's a like very good I, call. I just, I mean, we all know why her career stalled, uh, but I don't think what people appreciate is we know that her career stalled right now because Harvey Weinstein kind of X'd her out. But what we have forgotten is that from a, from around 2000 until this Harvey Weinstein stuff came out, people considered her not a great actress. That People thought she didn't continue on because she wasn't great. She had a fluke win for Mighty Aphrodite, and she was a joke. The same thing happened to Marissa Tomei, by the way. Um, Marissa Tomei has proven herself to, proven herself to be a total movie star, A-plus actress. Like She's, she's going to work forever. She's the best. Mira Servino is also really, really great and a really great screen presence. And I actually think it goes a lot further than Harvey Weinstein saying she shouldn't work anymore. I think it, I, I think that all of Hollywood holds yep. some holds some blame for acting as if she's not great, which she is. She's great. Mm-hmm. And she's great in movies where she's played the lead. She's good in Mimic. I mean, she's a good actress. So mm-hmm. Mira Servino. It's a great call. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, how about this one, Phil? Though we watched that award because we do so many movies, uh, yeah. and there's you know, unlike blank check, there's no um, there's no mechanism, there's no there's no uh, organizing mechanism where you're like, oh, of course, you know, I remember watching used cars because we watched every Zemeckis movie. 
Mm-hmm. No, there are movies that we watch every year where I'm like, we watch that? So um, what movie is that for you, Phil? I mean, we, we did a handful of them this year because we I, were I in a – so this was a weird year. It was – I mean, listen, we all know it's been a weird year. But, you know, we – in my head, in the way that we were sort of at, 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 at for most of this year, uh, we were like, we're doing all the movies, right? So we decided and we kind of doubled down on some, on some, uh, Friday dumps. We did some stuff that, that was sort of, um, I, I would, I think that it's, it's either Love Stings or The Bachelor for me. It's definitely not Love Stings for me because I, I will never forget that. The Bachelor, uh, the Bachelor, is a good call, but I don't even think it was in my top three of movies. I really, remember watching. Okay, what were they? I could kind of tell you what that was about. I mean, the the three the three movies that I considered for this category <laughs> were um, were In Dreams, which I almost have no recollection what it was about. The Out of Towners, which I almost have no recollection what it was about, and the one that wins, which I didn't even think was a bad movie, is Virus. I have no memory of what it is about except for the Jamie Lee Curtis was in it, but none, zero. And I think I gave it kind of a good grade, but like it's you did. You did. Virus is like a nothing to me. I mean, okay, so first of all, I misinterpreted this category. Because oh, when you said oh, oh, when you oh. said we watch that, it 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 felt exclamatory. Like I can't believe we watched that, as opposed to we watched that. Wait, which wait, is you, I don't wait, wait wait wait. There's a there's a parenthetical here. It's a, ooh, that's this movie you can't even remember. Oh, I didn't see the parenthetical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of a movie that I can't remember us covering. I, I will I will change my answer. Um, it, it it might be tripping. I don't really remember that movie very well. Right. Um, hey, but I mean, I don't really. I also don't remember Instinct particularly well. So yeah, I don't anyway. remember Instinct that well, but I definitely remember Instinct. Bad. I mean, I remember the podcast. We had a great podcast. Um. All right, Phil. What's our next category? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Our next category is. The Rancid Mayonnaise Award, which goes to the movie that aged the worst. Yep. Uh, I went with Mod Squad on this one. I mean, I went with Love Stinks because it's just a <laughs> terrible movie that aged terribly. But that assumes – when you say that something aged the worst, you're assuming that it was good at some point. I'm assuming – well, you know, look. The thing about the Rancid Mayonnaise Award is mm-hmm. even mayonnaise – grosses me out <laughs> <laughs> the world's finest mayonnaise is something i would never eat so i understand. I, I now is, understand there yes. is but but i think love stinks is a movie that I mean, at the yeah. time i think was horrible i'm sure and right now uh is so awful it's like it's, it's a horrible movie and it is so appallingly offensive at this point i, I don't disagree it's a fucking terrible movie all right phil let's do the opposite the Fine Wine Award. What movie aged the best? Audition. Okay. I, I think that Audition, I, I loved it when it came out. But 
the world has evolved in such a way that gives this film even more resonance, even more depth. It's it, 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 you know, I think it's made, it's, it's, it's made the film even better. I, I think auditions a really good answer. Um, and I didn't pick, I mean, audition is one of my favorite movies of the whole year. I didn't pick one of my favorite movies. I picked a movie that I think time has been kind to, and mm-hmm. that's, but I'm a cheerleader. I think, but I'm a cheerleader really, really was ahead of itself. And, mm-hmm. Uh, now looks very prescient in the way it treats LGBTQ issues. And, um, and it was also a very funny movie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there is something, yeah, there's just something to, you know, it, it being a, a really strong counterweight to boys don't cry because I think, uh, I think LGBTQ movies very often are really heavy and campy movies that are loved by the lgbtq community don't tend to be about lgbtq characters so i think you know i think that there's something really great and interesting about seeing lgbtq characters on screen in similar in in a in in a campy setting that kind of worked really well in 2020 i i it's it's on my list uh it's all over my my nominations and stuff like that but yeah i loved it what is the most problematic movie of the year for you, Phil? Uh, I went with Three to Tango. So did I. <laughs> that movie is problematic from the jump. <laughs> from from conception. Yeah, uh, it that, is it's it's bad. Bad yeah. flick. Bad uh, flick. <laughs> what 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 was your most disappointing movie? I also went with Mod Squad on this. I think anyone that's you listened really, to the episode. It, it really upset you, the Mod Squad. Well, it's just because it, it, it's one of those movies that I was just like, you just fucking squandered it. You, this this was a fucking layup and somehow you fucked it up. But anyway. So the way I approach most disappointing is the movie that I expected. Because I think we knew that Mod Squad would not be good. Right. But uh, the movie that I expected to be good it was right, not. Right, right, right. Um, and that's Broke Down Palace for me. Broke Down Palace had a lot of elements mm. that I thought really could have worked. I look, we're going Claire Danes, Claire Danes, but had a lot of elements that I thought really could have worked, and it was just boring, laborious, and and slightly racist, and 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 um, driveless. It's really, it's really, you know, it's really kind of a, a unenjoyable experience watching that. You know, I'm actually going to change my answer because you're you're absolutely right in terms of the biggest disappointment should be something that I hadn't seen before. Um, so I'm changing it to Mystery Alaska. Oh, that's a fair one too. Though I think I feel like we kind of I was looking for a spot for Mystery Alaska the entire time and couldn't really find one, which is weird because that one stuck in my head and I I didn't really like it, but I yeah. didn't hate it. And I, I, you know, it's, it, it fills out the year nicely. It's just kind of a nice movie yeah. to have done, but yeah, it, it it's, is. it's one it of those a, movies that I went into it with expectations that I guess were unreasonable. I was expecting something that was a lot more kind of like picket fences, but with hockey and it thinks it mm-hmm. is that, but it isn't. And it's a mess. Um, but the, the episode that we did and the conversations we had about it really did sort of unpack some really interesting stuff that does exist there. You just got to kind of go digging for it. The movie's yeah. not a fucking pat. It's not bad. It's just it just it's just disappointing for me a little bit. It could have been really good. There's some there's some block and tackle stuff yeah. that they just don't do well. Um, that that 
harms 100%. the ability harms the viewer's ability to actually enjoy it. The the last of it was the, just it know, was one of those films. Sorry, the, well, I was just ahead. gonna say this one. Um, is that you look at that poster and you're just like that cast, David E. Kelly, Jay Roach. You're like, you know what? Maybe this is one of those little gems that just yeah. didn't find an audience in '99. And then you put it in, you're like, oh no, this just didn't really work. That's true. You're right. And like, what's better than the little gems? So you know, you eat a whole salad of those. So. Um, <laughs> All right, the last salad. The last award is um, the last award is most surprising. This is the last of our, you know, our kind of door prizes, so to speak. Yeah. What was your Uh, most surprising movie of the year, Phil? I went with, but I'm a cheerleader. It it wasn't that I was expecting it to be bad. I think that I was unsure as to how rich it was going to be. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I knew kind of going in that this movie was, I mean, just based on its its, its aesthetics and it's, you know, the way people have spoken of it um, back in 99 and what have you. I just went into it thinking, okay, this is going to be kind of, um, I don't want to say superficial, but I was just expecting something that, uh, that just didn't go as deep as it's, as it's surface to a certain degree. And the movie is so much fucking better than that. Like it's just, mm-hmm. and this comes back to marketing. This comes back to preconceived notions of what I thought the movie was in 99, which is unfair. Um, so for it to go, for me to watch it and, and for it to exceed all those expectations by the, the length of which it did, I was just pleasantly surprised. It's a good answer. I, my answer was uh, tripping. Because I thought Trippin was a direct-to-DVD level turd um, based Mm -hmm. on the title and the cast and the logline. But it was actually like, like a delightful comedy. And I, you know, I think it, I think it stood on its own two feet and it made me laugh. And I, um, I I really kind of liked the movie. So uh, yeah, Trippin, but I will also say one thing. Mm -hmm. The movies we did this year 52 in review um kind of fell into two buckets i mean just based on what happened this year we had our dumps in the beginning and then we had a lot of prestige movies at the end (laughs) and uh there aren't a lot of movies that fall into this 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 middle range where you could be like you know pleasantly surprised or you know disappointed but tripping is definitely a movie that i looked at when we have our you know our, our list of movies we haven't done and i'm like I guess we got to watch fucking tripping, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Yep. yep. All right, Phil, are you ready for the big ones? The top eight. <laughs> um, yes, I just need to, I need to change one thing. Oh, a last second replacement. There's a, there's a uh, last second replacement that I'm pulling here. Just give me one moment. Um, Okay. Uh, yes, I am good to go. Let's start with. Let's do it like they do at the Oscars. Let's mm-hmm. start with best supporting actress in a film. Best supporting, best actress, supporting actress in a film. All right. All right. My nominees is... are. Uh huh. Clea Duval, but I'm a cheerleader. Jessica Campbell, election. Cherry Jones, Cradle Will Rock. Gene Smart. Guinevere and Ehi Shaina for audition. Do you want me to give you the award? I'm going to go ahead. 
And the winner is obviously Gene Smart for Guinevere in one of the finest film performances you'll ever see. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, it's, I mean, let me do mine and then we'll talk about both of them. How about that? All right, all right. Uh, my best supporting actress nominees are Christine Baranski for Bowfinger. Oh, by the way, I should. I, I think we should wait until the end to do our. We should do our nominees, and then we should do the awards at the end. So go ahead. Okay, uh, Claire Duvall, but I'm a cheerleader. Gene Smart for Guinevere. Cherry Jones for Cradle Rock, and Brooke Shields for Black and White. I thought about it. I I, I swear to God, I thought about it. it I, I, and that's another movie I really wanted to get in there, but like I got to be true to myself. I gotta be real here. All right, and uh, and your winner is also Jean Smart for Guinevere. Yeah, also Jean. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> she was incredible. She was incredible. Uh, she, a definite contender for end the podcast awards. I would say unbelievable. Which, which probably isn't true for a lot of these uh, a lot of these winners this year, yes. but she will definitely be sticking around till the end. Mm-hmm. All um, right, let's. I also I oh, just just to, to just to I have. Uh, Ihai Shina. I don't know how you. I'm, I forgive me if I'm mispronouncing her name. I put her as in Best Actress. So hey, I'm that's just, that's your prerogative. That's the way you want to live. Just letting you know. All right. So, Best Supporting <clears throat> Actor. Yep. Chris Klein, Election. Mm-hmm. Christopher Plummer, The Insider. Peter Fonda, The Limey. Gary Cole, Office Space. And what I think you might not be happy with the category is in, but this is where I think he should be. Eddie Murphy, Bowfinger. Go ahead. Uh, my nominees are Adrian Brody for Summer of Sam, <clears throat> Danny DeVito for The Big Kahuna, Chris Klein for Election, Bruce McGill for The Insider, and Louis Guzman for The Liming. Bruce McGill. Uh my winner is someone you didn't nominate, Gary Cole, in an iconic performance. Oh, Jesus, of course. I'm shocked. Course. I'm, I'm actually surprised you didn't nominate him. He's spectacular. He, he, he is very, very good in it. Lumberg. He is very, he is very, very good in it. Yeah. You know, I, my winner was my winner was Chris Klein for election. Great choice, great choice. Um and when you said Peter Fonda, I did kind of go, fuck, how did I forget Peter Fonda? But, you know, and he's fucking great in it. And and he should probably be in there maybe over Louis. But Louis is so good in the limey. And he's playing against type in a lot of ways. And he's showing a lot of, like, humanity and layers that we don't see from him very much. So, uh, anyway. I thought uh, Louis' yeah, that- was great. Yeah. Um, I actually think the top four in my, my thing, Chris Klein, Christopher Plummer, Peter Fonda, Gary Cole, uh, all would have been great winners. Um, I, I sure. love all four of those performances. My fifth spot, Eddie Murphy, felt like uh, you have to acknowledge that performance. But um, I mean, that's category fraud. He's literally in two no, roles no. in the movie. So what, dude? So what? He's not the, he's not the lead of that movie. You know how I feel about you know how I feel about leads versus supporting. I'll make it very clear for listeners of the podcast. If you are not, if you're, if you are not trying to, if you're, if you're, if your goal as a character isn't to be the POV and to get the empathy of the audience, to be the way in for the audience, you are not doing the heavy lifting required from a lead actor, and that is not what he's doing in this movie. He is a he is a comedic foil 
for Steve Martin's lead performance. It doesn't matter how many lines you have or how many roles you play. What matters is what your goal is with the what you what 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 the goal is with your character. And it's if you are a POV character throughout the majority of the movie, you are the lead of the movie, which is the one of the great category frauds of all time is William H. Macy and Fargo as a supporting actor. But go ahead. Are we? Do we? We were talking about best actress now, or what no, 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 no. Those go at the end. We got to we got okay. a screenplay. Sorry, sorry. Screenplay. screenplay All right. Best adapted screenplay in a movie. Oh, I just we. I just had best screenplay. You did adapted, and you did. Yeah, I went through the trouble of looking it up. All right, well, best adapted. I said just, top eight. What's the eighth? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Listen, I'm just going by the, th- the thing I had from the last time we did this last year. And last year, we just had screenplay. We did all not right, man, adapt I'm... it. And we... Well, shit. You know what? I'm going to do them all just because I want to acknowledge all these movies. But, you know. Well, okay. Right. I mean, if you. No, it's going to be too hard for you to, 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 to do it now. I will just do my own. I'll just do my own. Okay. Best adapted screenplay. Daisuke Tengen. Audition. Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor, Election. Eric Roth and Michael Mann, The Insider. Mike Judge, Office Space. And Roger Ruff, The Big Kahuna. And then I'll go ahead and give my best original screenplays. Audrey Wells, Guinevere. Lem Dobbs, The Limey. Brian Wayne Peterson and Jamie Babbitt, But I'm a Cheerleader. David E. Kelly, Lake Placid. And Victor Caliccio, Michael Imperioli, and Spike Lee for Summer of Sam. Go ahead with your uh, with your five nominees. Uh, my five nominees are Michael Mann and Eric Roth for The Insider, Audrey Wells for Guinevere, Steve Martin for Bowfinger, Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor for Election, and Mike Judge for The Office Space. Mike Judge for The Office Space. What's your winner? Election. So my adapted is Election, and my original is Guinevere. Audrey Wells for Guinevere. Um, Yeah. If I if I had split them, I probably would have landed on the same two. The uh, the adapted category is this year is pretty tough. I would have loved to give it to Audition. Would have loved to give it to the Insider. Would have loved to give it to Office Space, but. 
Yeah. I and, and truly, like, I wanted to not award Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor because I don't like them. I know. But I know. this is my favorite fucking movie. Like, I it just is the best. It's the best, and and I, I have to accept that. Like, it's it's a it's a it's a screenwriting masterpiece. Yep. So, I had the same as we as we get deeper into this. You know, I grappled with that a lot. You know, um, there were kind of two movies. That kind of, as as we go along, you'll see that really kind of fought against each other, um, and I, I, you know, but I have to give election the credit that it deserves, you know, as as a piece of art and and separating art from artist and saying like Alexander Payne's shit is over here, and election is a fucking near perfect movie. So like I yeah. can't, you know. Anyway, and to be clear, by Alexander Payne's shit, I think at least I mean like his other work. And like what he and, and like and like what he is espousing sure. through his other work that re, it's, I'm not trying to say that, like, there are the Rose McGowan a- a- allegations. They've been refuted. It is actually kind of a hard one to, to parse. And I don't mm-hmm. want to get into it. Um, mm-hmm. But but so it's not really about that, though. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think that his work betrays some deep misogyny. But uh if not anything else, but um, this movie just separate the artist from the from the art. I just had to, and I just fucking love it so much. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, let's move on to best. Let's do best actor. Best actor. best actor in a feature film. Al Pacino, The Insider. Matthew Broderick, Election. Ryo Ishibashi. Audition, Ron Livingston, Office Space, and Terrence Stamp, The Limey. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil. Uh, for me, it was Eddie Murphy for Bowfinger, Terrence Stamp for The Limey, Matthew Broderick for Election, Russell Crowe for The Insider, and Ron Livingston for Office Space. I love that. That makes me so happy. And your winner He's is? Great. I went with Terrence Stamp. I went with Al Pacino. In a performance wow. I loved so deeply. I thought, thought it was so human. Uh, I loved every choice he made in that movie. It's one of my favorite Pacino performances. Uh, certainly. I mean, I you know, I think he did incredibly well. And I think he did an incredible job in Any Given Sunday, too. People talk about this post-Devil's Advocate uh, uh, Pacino yeah. thing. Like, he had lost his fastball and kind of lost his mind. I think these movies are, you know exhibit a and exhibit b that that is just not you know that is not backed up by evidence totally agree with you i mean i listen there was i had a a version of it where where russell and al were both nominated um i think al pacino is fantastic in the insider and to your point he shows all the dials and all the range and layers that that al pacino has and all the tools he has in his tool belt and he's he's tremendous in the movie um yeah it just ultimately when i looked at the rest of them and i was just like i really wanted to show more of the range of movies that we did this year um and you know yeah it's 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 i will say this it is the insider is all over my nominations um but it doesn't win any (laughs) wow i uh i really wanted to get stephen ray in there but it really is it really isn't a flashy enough performance 
to kind of rise above these. I mean, if there's going to be one understated performance, it's going to be Ron Livingston. That's just, it's too much for me. He's what he does in that movie. is just too much. So, all right, let's go on to best actress, best actress in a feature film movie. Mm-hmm. Sarah Polly and Guinevere. Reese Witherspoon election. Mila Jovovich in the, in the messenger. Wow. Natasha Leone, but I'm a cheerleader, and Bridget Fonda in Lake Placid. What do you got, Phil? Uh, I mean, pr- pretty similar. Um, Sarah Pauly for Guinevere. Reese Witherspoon for Election. Uh, Ihi Shiana. My, my apologies. I'm picturing that. Uh, for Audition. Natasha Leone for But I'm a Cheerleader. Bridget Fonda for Lake Placid. Got to put Bridge in there. You got so got to put Bridge on there. So you had, we had the same four. You didn't have Mila Jovovich. Correct. That uh, I would say I would put Black and White and The Messenger as two movies that I really did want like some good and honestly Mystery Alaska that I really did want some representation and I really only found role found a spot for her in this and I thought her performance was great. Uh, she doesn't win. Reese Witherspoon wins. I mean, I'm not a monster <laughs> yeah it was i mean it was very hard for me to not give it to sarah Polly, as me you can too. imagine me too but i but it's just it's the i it's iconic it is a it is yeah. a next level performance um you know and and i mean i think i think it's safe to say that even if that she didn't get an oscar nomination for it um in 99 and she should have but um that performance put her in the next level, I think. In I think, a way, in a way, I don't know if yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I did like, give Black and White some love, though. I mean, Brooke Shields. Yeah, you did. You you did. I I, I unfortunately couldn't, but you did. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm not convinced that Brooke Shields, as I said on the episode, is acting. I don't. I don't know yeah. if that's just Brooke Shields being Brooke Shields, but, but, it's, uh, but it's, it's an unforgettable performance. It is. It's, it's an unforgettable. unforgettable performance. Let's go to best um, director. All right, best director. All right, what you got? <laughs> Takeshi McKay. Mm-hmm. Audition. Steven Soderbergh, The Liming. Alexander mm-hmm. Payne, Election. Michael Mann, Insider, and Guinevere. I'm sorry, Audrey Wells, Guinevere. Uh, I have almost the same, except for one swap. I did Michael Mann for The Insider, Steven Soderbergh, The Limey, Alexander Payne, Election, Takeshi McKay for Audition, and I went with Jamie Babbitt for But I'm a Cheerleader. Interesting. So you, who who didn't you have? Uh, you said Audrey you Wells. Didn't have, yeah, you didn't have Audrey Wells. Correct. And your winner is? Steven Soderbergh for The Limey. Yeah, you know, that's a great choice. That's a great choice. I went with Alexander Payne. Because uh, I, I, I went with Alexander Payne because of everything we said on that podcast. Sure. I think every micro decision, and there were hundreds of thousands of them, were perfectly tone, where were perfectly tuned to be in tone in that movie. And it makes me think because that because as good as I think the screenplay is, and I think it's excellent, it doesn't call for a virtuosic directing performance it doesn't call for a virtuous it, it doesn't need this to work but it makes mm-hmm. me think that any screenplay you direct you can find things that elevate it from your, your you know kind of your typical point of camera and shoot to something that you know is just 
beyond immersive, beyond artful, beyond like beyond extraordinary. It's just an extraordinary fucking piece of work. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's. I mean, it. It was the only other person on this list that I considered, but the reality was that for me. First and foremost, it should be said that I saw the Lemmy in 99. Everyone's listened to our episode, so they know how much I loved um, watching it this time. It really, really blew my mind this time. Like this time I was like, and it will, you know, it's on my list now. We'll talk about our top tens and how they've changed over the course of this year. Um, But I think what really kind of solidified for me the artist that is Steven Soderbergh is he shot a movie and then he realized it didn't work and he deconstructed that movie in the editing room and made essentially a drastically dissimilar film from what he set out to do and it's a fucking masterpiece it is like to have the confidence you know to have the confidence i mean obviously lem dobbs has thoughts <laughs> but to have the confidence to be able to say this is a tone piece we don't need so much of this. Like so much of this can be told stylistically through visuals and, and, and just putting one image next to another. Like this to me is sort of, this is him as auteur. This is him as like next level guy. And, and I would argue that this film and the, the nightmare of making it allowed him to become who he is as a filmmaker now. Like yeah, that I I agree. I think it is a it is an incredible movie. And I was just I was looking up the movie that they cut in with the poor cow, um, cow footage yeah. that they used for Terrence Stamp that I thought was yeah. really kind of uh, incredible Amazing. too. I, it's yeah. just you know it's just one of those things, and it's a small thing. It's not a very flashy thing, but it's one of those things that should remind you that the medium of filmmaking is endless. You can do anything. One of the reasons I love Moulin Rouge so much is because Moulin Rouge is that in a movie. It's it's everything. And I love the everythingness of it. And I always have loved movies that are everything like that. Um, and But it doesn't have to be like big, giant moves like, like Moulin Rouge. It could be little things like, you know, it would be cool if we use this footage from 30 years ago that works really well with footage today as, as flashbacks for this character. I love shit like that. It's so evocative. It's it's so world building. It's just it's clever. So it's uh it is. It's a wonderful movie, and I'm happy that it's also I gave like it some love, if not a ton of love. I I think that as and I'm sure you love this too. Um, and forgive me for using a sports analogy because, as everyone knows, I'm not much of a sport person, sports person. But um, I love that he'll fucking he'll throw an audible. You know what I mean? Like there are just Call so few audible, filmmakers that are willing you know what I meant? Um, you know, where so few filmmakers we've, I mean, fuck So few showrunners. I mean, think of the people we've worked with and think about how fucking locked in they are where it's like, you can't fucking move. You're so rigid in the way that you see something that you've actually, you're hurting yourself. Whereas Soderbergh had the ability to be like, this isn't working. I'm going to look at this from a completely different angle. I'm going to find another way into this and find a way to tell a story that I was clearly drawn to. So I just, it, I, I can't sort of say enough about how, um, it's, it's such a good, how point, bold a movie it is and how much, how audacious it is. And anyway. that's such a there good point because then a little more like inside baseball on, on Hollywood and what you're talking about 
is yeah. so many times I've been in a room with a showrunner where the showrunner will say, well, this is non-negotiable because the studio or network has already signed off on it. And therefore, it doesn't matter if it doesn't work with what you have now or if something is pitched that's better or more interesting because most showrunners, it's not even guts. They don't have the bandwidth to go back and and repitch something that's already been signed yep. off on because that's the hardest thing to do. I do want to say I have a friend who just did this, um, friend of the, the pod, Teddy Brassman, who has a, a new show that's coming on sci-fi where he he actually had the guts to tell them that the show they signed off on doesn't work in today's climate anymore. And he he went back to the drawing board and re-broke the wow. entire season and they signed off on the new version. I thought it's such a cool thing to that's do. Now he feels really awesome. good at yeah, he feels really Love good that. about what they're putting out, and yeah. you know, and instead of um, in, instead of and also he wasn't comfortable with to 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 second and sort of piggyback on what you just said. You know, when a showrunner says, "Oh, we've already got this cleared by the studio," that's just fucking lazy. Because if you go back to the studio and pitch them something better, they're gonna want the better thing. They're gonna want, generally speaking, You're I mean, obviously, totally right. But like they want the best product that they think you can at make. At least give them so, a chance to say no, you know? Exactly. Like, and I get that like you don't want to look like a weak showrunner. You don't want to look like you're second guessing yourself. I understand that. So you shouldn't do it a lot. But but you you have to you have to take these shots here and there if they if they come along. You got I mean if if, if for no other reason like creative integrity to just be able to say like I don't know about you, but like if I get to run a show someday and we're halfway down the road on a thing and, and another idea is either pitched to me or I come up with another idea or whatever it is. And it would make the show so much better. And I don't do it. I'm always going to coulda, woulda, shoulda that shit. Like I'm never going to not think about it. It's, I mean, it, 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 this conversation in practice is the difference between caring about the product or not caring about the, caring about the integrity of the product. Right. And I, I understand show running is such a hard job because at some point it does get it, you you do bump up against this thing where it's like I have a hundred or five hundred or a thousand people whose employment depends on this show staying on the air. So we just gotta push the ball forward. But have faith in yourself, have faith in the people that bought your product that they want the best thing. Um speaking of the best thing. Best picture, baby. So how many nominees did you do, Phil? Oh, I only did five. All right. So I, I was that, only going to do five, too. And I, I, I wound up adding a sixth because I'm a wimp and because there are just six movies this year that are all rarefied airspace to me. So I wonder which one of them you dropped. That'll be interesting. And I, I think and I'll, uh, I'll, I think I'll that there's one which, on there. That, that I'll tell you which one I would have dropped. Oh you, oh, you dropped Office Space. Okay. So I would have dropped... I, I had dropped, and it's going to piss you off. I had dropped the limey, and I put the limey back on. Okay. So my, my six are Insider, Election, Audition, Guinevere, Office Space, the limey are my six. Mm-hmm. But if I had to drop one, it's the limey. So I guess I will. That's insane. Well, I have um, all these movies. What can I say? Yeah, you're not going to like uh, one of mine. I mean, Insider. Wait, wait. So you dropped two of those, and you put Bowfinger on it? Correct. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Hey, it's your life. The insider, the insider election audition, the limey bowfinger. So no Guinevere, no office space. 
No, Guinevere, no office space. I gave Guinevere an office space love in other places on this you list did. that you I did. feel good about. Um, you know, I, I think that as people who have listened to our Bowfinger episode probably know, I liked the movie a lot more than my cohorts. It wasn't a it wasn't a Thomas Crown affair, but it felt a little like it um, at times, which is that I was fighting for a thing that the three of you had decided they you, was not worth fighting for. Um and that's fine, but uh, I, I, I haven't thought about of that movie once, and I, I still I still don't really understand why it's held up by people as as some kind of classic. I I, I don't think it's funny or insightful or clever. I think it's lazy. I, I outside of Eddie Murphy's performance, which is fun, I just don't get the movie. It's, fun. it's good that we disagree on something, Phil. We agree so much on this podcast. I agree. no, listen. I, 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 as I said when we did the episode, I really did hear all of your thoughts on it, and and you definitely affected um, the way that I see the film. I think that the reason that at least I can only speak for myself, but if I was to surmise why other people like it as well, I, I think that it is a weird little love letter to the to the town that we work in to the industry that we work in um it's it's got you know enough jabs in there that it feels a little edgy in terms of some of its shot pot shots at scientology and 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 you know the industry as a whole i guess to a certain degree i don't know uh you know i I just i think that i think there are scenes in that movie and here let me just i'm actually going to open this up a little bit wider here because you know we we have an episode coming up, which we will talk about at the end of this episode that speaks to sort of the type of comedy that I tend to gravitate towards. And it tends to not be particularly broad comedies. Um, It tends to be things that are a little bit more intellectual. And that's not me saying like being a snob that I'm smarter or whatever. It's just for whatever reason, I don't like, you think, you think the movie with chubby rain is intellectual? No, no, I'm, let me finish what I'm saying, which is (laughs) that I think that this is, this is the type of movie that scratches that itch for me. What doesn't are movies that go perhaps farther or broader or whatever the case might be. This movie to me finds a way to find it, have its cake and eat it too, and be able to be a little bit clever and witty about how stupid the industry is that we work in and also have a movie called Chubby Rain. Like it's finding, it's finding a way to have both. So hey, that's why I if, like it. If you like it, you like it. What 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 was your or you, I'll give you mine, my best picture winner because I don't think it's what I have set up. Audition, my best picture winner of the year. Uh, audition, I gave a ninety nine to. Uh, I gave a ninety eight to Election. Uh, so this was this was not out of nowhere. Audition uh, is one of the best mm-hmm. movies I've ever seen. Audition does not have the same, to me, it doesn't have the same whiz-bang of election. So it's not like that. And it might not even be as enjoyable a viewing experience. But holy shit, does it pack a punch. And it grows on you and stays with you and never fucking leaves you. It it like wraps you up in its like, in its like leather cloaked arms and and doesn't let you go it's a mystery within a riddle it's about men and women and 
the relationships between men and women and the way women are used by men and the way women can take back their power and the way men are ultimately like, you know, delusional. And it's about, it's not really white privilege, but it is certainly about male privilege. And it is certainly about the privilege of those in a higher uh, socioeconomic status in Japan for this, in, in this interest, in this instance. And it is, it is also like a gloriously beautiful movie at the end, a gloriously beautiful movie where a person's foot gets cut off at the ankle and thrown at a window, leaving a bloody stain. It's gorgeous. So audition, not expecting it to be um, this level. I thought it would be great, but I thought it would be a little too kind of scary for me. No, it's an incredible, beautiful, wonderful, perfect movie. It is my best picture of this 52. Phil? This was this was actually – this was pretty tough for me because the Insider Election Audition and the Limey are, are- – are fucking amazing, right? Like these are just, these are just great movies. Um, there, there isn't, you know, um, the, the grades between them are so mild, um, that I really had a tough time. Um, it really came down to election in the limey for me. I loved audition. I love the insider, but just talking about like movies that will stand the test of time for me and I will watch and watch and watch and watch. Those were the two. And I, I landed on election. Um, it, it was just, you know, I, I when when I think about best picture, I think about the movie where everything is working, right? Mm-hmm. Where there is no every every performance, every single below the line, everything is working. And I think election is just firing on all cylinders, and I it's it's just indisputable to me. Um, I absolutely adored it. So it's my best picture of this uh, 52 interview. Two excellent movies. Phil, are you ready to yes. give your current 1999 top 10? I am. All right, and I'll I will say that first. four movies came off of it. So for me, I, I actually don't know what the movies that came off of it are. I could look that up. But I've I, added. I, I, yeah. I've added three movies this year. Four. I've added four movies this year. So four came off for me as well. Um, I'll go backwards. Number 10, Run Lola Run. Number nine, Any Given Sunday. Number eight, mm-hmm. Office Space. Number seven, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Number six, Notting Hill. Number five, Eyes Wide Shut. Number four, The Insider. Number three, Election. Number two, Audition. And remaining in the number one spot, The Matrix. It's a good fucking list, man. Thanks, buddy. All right, let me go. I'm going to go try to find uh, find the ones that fell off. So, um, number ten, I have audition. Uh, number nine, I have The Insider, which took off The Virgin Suicides. Uh, number eight, I have Notting Hill. Number seven, I have Election, which took off Run, Lola, Run. Then I have The Limey, which took off South Park. Mm. Mm. Then I have Bringing Out the Dead, Town to Mr. Ripley, The Matrix, Toy Story 2, Eyes Wide Shut. So your, top right five, now, your top five stayed the same. 
top five. I added three thing. movies from this year to my top five. I know. So the ones that fell off for me, and it's a shame because they're all incredible. Uh, yeah. Drop Dead Gorgeous, Toy Story 2, Boys Don't Cry, and Cruel Intentions. Oh, well. So I think uh, – and then I put together a little a little list of things that we can be excited for in, yeah. uh, in, the, in the next 52. Mm-hmm. Um, so still to come at 52, the end of the Trump presidency. I'm <laughs> All right. A vaccine for COVID. Um, all right. Still to come, guys. Still things we still have to do. This movie podcast has juice left. Fight Club. Being John Malkovich. Three Kings. Magnolia. Galaxy Quest. Big Daddy. True Crime. Dogma. Following. Hurricane. Eh, Iron Giant. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And Sleepy Hollow. And many, many more. How and, about that? What did I miss? Some t- we got some TV. We're Lots also going to cover as well. We're obviously going to do uh, Sex in the City, which has probably already started airing by the point that this episode is dropping. Um, I'm also. We're also hoping to do. Maybe we do The Sopranos next year. Maybe mm-hmm. we do The West Wing next year. Um, I'm dying I also, to do The Sopranos rewatch. So I, I voted. I am for too. That. I'm excited for that. Um, I'm hoping also to do a Buffy series with some people oh, at some point wow. in 2021. Love so that. there's there's a lot. There's a lot. But what are we what do we have to announce right now, Phil? Do we have anything exciting to announce? We do. Well, what we're doing next week, and I don't know if you can explain why we're doing it next week, but hopefully you can. But we're covering National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. From nineteen eighty nine. What? What's going on here? All right. So as I said, this podcast, we have a lot of juice left in this lemon. That being said, we want more lemons. To do, <laughs> that being said, more lemons. We, we, we planted another tree <laughs> on a Patreon account. Mm-hmm. The the address at which of which is in our show notes right now. You will be able to listen to podcasts like it's nineteen eighty nine. Another brilliant, incredible mind-blowing movie year at the end of a decade going into another decade uh so many populist big movies so many movies we grew up with so many movies that we're just excited to talk about um we're gonna do i think the goal is to do around 30 over the course of one year put it out every two weeks maybe every week and a half every week on patreon we're gonna have incredible guests um, next week, we're going to put the first one on the main feed on 99. We have Ashley Lyle. She's you know writer, been on the show many times, dispatches from elsewhere and, uh, and, uh, not the vampire diaries. She was on, uh, she was also on the originals. She was also the originals, on yes. Narcos with her husband. Narcos. So, so, so many things. Um, great guest. She was on, she did, uh, she did a freaks and geeks episode and she, she is on to talk about. Christmas Vacation, as Phil mentioned, but just real fast, some movies in '90 in '89 that yep. will blow your mind that they were all the same year. When Harry Met Sally, Batman, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, War of the Roses, Dead Poet Society, Parenthood, Say Anything, The Little Mermaid, Do the Right Thing, Field of Dreams, Cinema Paradiso, The Abyss, Major League, Wow, Sex Lies and Videotape, The Fabulous Baker Boys. 
Back to the Future Part 2, Steel Magnolias, Look Who's Talking, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Glory, Driving Miss Daisy on the Edge, Drunk the Kids, Ghostbusters, the second one, Crimes Misdemeanors, We Have to Do a Woody Movie, Drugstore Cowboy, Troop Beverly Hills, and Heathers. That's a list of movies you have watched. That's a list of <laughs> movies you have seen a hundred times with the exception of probably Drugstore Cowboy and Cinema Paradiso. But all these other movies are massive fucking movies uh, that shaped our lives and filmmaking and the studio system and the star system. We're so excited to, to wade into these waters, the 1989 waters on podcasts like it's 1989. We're also just, I mean, we're really excited to be able to give something back to our listeners. You know, you guys have stuck with us for three years. We've been doing this, you know, um, and uh, it, it's it's been not just fun, but it's been an honor to be able to, to have people listening to us and let Kenny, you know, let his inner Rick out as he does ads and what have you. And it's yeah, just, uh, it's, it's, it's been a real, it's been a real, a real blast, and uh, we just want to take it to the next level. We want to bring, uh, bring back, you know, your favorite guests to come on and talk about this incredibly iconic year, um, and you know, we just uh, we can't wait to go there with you guys. All right. So, so that's it. Next week, uh, next week we will have the first episode from '89, and then the Patreon will launch in January, uh, and uh, there'll be uh, lots of '89 through 2021. We would like to always, as always, thank Ernie, Will, the engineers, producers, uh, Emilio, social, who does our social media, Jan Task, who does our art and our music. And I want to thank Phil for another great year. <laughs> it was a blast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Kenny, thank you so much for doing this. It's, it's, always, uh, it's always fun. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys in 2021, if there is one. Stop. There will be. <laughs> Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.